Hello, hello and welcome to another episode of the Solution Focus Toolkit. I'm Michael Dawson from the Action Factory and for decades we've been working to take solution focused brief therapy out of the therapy room and into your workplace. I'm talking to you every Monday because you are our ideal listener. You work in social care, education, residential or youth work. You're in the people business and we release every Monday morning to remind you that you've got the greatest job in the world, you are helping improve your clients' lives. This podcast sees the world through a solution-focused lens, and as always, we attempt to break down the solution-focused approach, put it back together in a way that works for you. Today, I'm talking about getting stuck. So, getting stuck. It's true that some cases, occasionally, and I'm talking in the therapy room now, and probably in your working life, you just feel like you're getting nowhere. You feel like you kind of keep running into dead ends and you can't seem to make progress. And you can start to ask yourself, is it you? When I ask myself that question, I usually like to answer yes. Um, <laughs> it's perfectly natural. It, it is me. It has to be me. And the reason it has to be me is... Um, if you remember the assumptions episode and what we've said about assumptions, the client's got the answers. And if I'm not helping them to find those answers, then it has to be me. So my case is running into the rocks and somehow I have got to find a way of kind of making progress. And there are so many questions you need to ask yourself. Come away from the case and you need to ask yourself these questions about why you're being, uh, why the cases kind of run aground, if you like. And these questions can be a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> Let's be honest, they can be a little bit uncomfortable. Remember, the client is the expert. They're the expert of their own lives. Do you know how they feel about the sessions? So try confirming with the client what they see as the issue and what you see as the issue. That can be a difficult one. Are you both seeing two different issues? Because there's only one issue, despite what some therapy trainers will tell you, there is only one issue, and that's the one the client's got. That, that's all there is, because we can't act upon anything else. We can't invent issues, cures, all that kind of thing. So a question, these are all tough questions. And the reason they're tough questions is that you're questioning your own professionalism. But yeah, whose issue is it? And you know, can you, are you both seeing a different issue? Clarify that with the client, perhaps. Okay, have you become preoccupied with your own idea of a solution, which is different from the client's? Now, this can be one I have seen with people we've worked with in training. Um, you have decided that you know the root of the problem and you keep pushing, uh, or the, train, the, the, the therapist keeps pushing in that direction and it's resisted by the client. That's because as far as the client's concerned, that is not an answer to their problem. Okay, the next one is maybe the goals. Are they consistent with the client's mindset? Is the client in a position to move in that direction? There are many, many reasons. Remember that story I told about a young man who was 17, 18, crying his eyes out like a baby because the father that abused him when he was young had appeared on the scene. He was a big, strong, strapping young man who could care and look after himself. And yet he was in a terrible 
terrible state just at the idea that this man was around him and near his life again. Now, that kind of defies logic in a way. Big, strong guy now. You can't mess with me anymore. Da, da, da. Doesn't work that, that. So we've got to ask ourselves, you know, are we consistent with the client's mindset? Could be very, very different. Next one. Are you sure you know who the client is? This sounds silly, but who is the client? If the client is a judge or a social worker and you're working with a young person, again, we are all trying to manipulate the young person to do what we want them to do. It can be difficult. You may have to change your approach so that the client can work out his motivation for the other person. So that, that can be a difficult question. Are the goals and objectives clear, well-defined? Can you put them in a wheelbarrow? You know what I mean by that. Are they concrete and real? If they're too wishy-washy, then it's hard to evaluate progress for you and your client. Are things better? It's very, very wishy-washy. That's why scaling questions are so powerful. One that I've seen, again, with uh, people I've worked with. Have you become emotionally involved in the case? And has this affected your judgment or your discipline in the use of the method? I think this is so important. You do your job probably for the same reason I do. And it isn't fame and fortune. You do it because you love helping people. Now, that's a bit of a vulnerability for people like you and people like me. Because when we see people hurting, we want to put our arm around them and help them solve their problem. But that doesn't really solve it, as you know. So take away that emotional involvement. Ask yourself that question. See if you can move forward from that. Could you be having problems ending the relationship and allowing the client to move on? I've known it. I've known it. You know, solution-focused therapy is very, very short, you know, for, you know, four to six sessions. I've, I've known people I've worked with who have a little bit of a tie for, for whatever reason with a client. Uh, have you become dependent on the client or vice versa is another one. That's really, really important. Remember, in our training, we always say, you are helping your client stand up he's in his own two feet, but you, as soon as he stands up and ready to make that step, you have to take your hands off. Are there hidden costs to change that you or your client have not considered? Is there anything within uh, your client's makeup that means if they were to eliminate the problem that you're working with, that shifts the paradigm? Example being... Um, that they may well have um, a problem. I don't know. Some uh, an example I can think of professionally is a kind of agoraphobia type thing. But because of that, they then is that the right word? Agoraphobia, I think it is. Uh, you know, fear of kind of going outside. So because of that, of course, people worry about them. People bring them things. People do the shopping for them and all that kind of thing. So I'm not saying that's a reason for that problem, but it could be a hidden kind of cost if all that goes away. Um, next, is there a positive relationship between you and the client? If not, you might want to consider giving the client to another person. And I say that from a sales point of view, when we were salespeople, if we didn't get on with a few, we'd, we'd swap a handful of customers. And you'd be amazed. It was just personalities. It weren't that we were good or bad salespeople. It was just that if I swapped a customer, he just didn't gel with me. And I'd give him to another sales guy and he would just get on great and they'd get lots and lots of business. And that can happen in a relationship of all levels. And that includes a kind of therapeutic youth work kind of relationship. 
have you considered doing something different? Anything different? Yeah, and we say that in NLP. You know, if what you're doing doesn't work, do anything different. Okay. Um, times you meet, location, people involved. Should you be leaving people out, bringing people in? Um, I hate to say it, but could a different therapeutic model be more useful to this client? I'm sorry to say I hate to say it, but I can't help it. <laughs> I cannot imagine such a thing. But yes, you know, a different model of working, a different way of working might really work for any of the reasons above. How about getting some workers together regularly, having discussions with your colleagues about where you're going and what's going, and da -da -da, a fresh approach, different person. Consider all or any of the above if you feel like a case is kind of running up a dead end. I think those are the questions to ask yourself. They are, uh, they are difficult questions to ask yourself because you may not be over the moon about the answers that you get. So there you go. Uh, have a think about that if you've got cases that kind of get stuck or run on to the rocks. Thanks for being there. Remember to click and sign up for the PDF desk droppers. That's great information. You can drop it on colleagues' desks or put it on the notice board. Next week, I am going to be talking about simple questions. And I don't mean simple questions. I mean simple questions. If you want to know what I mean by that. Uh, check out next week's episode we'll be back next Monday these are the tools of Solution Focus Working this has been the Solution Focus Toolkit thanks for listening and remember if you're in the people business you've got the greatest job in the world helping your clients live better lives so like I say next week when your sessions or your work's running aground where are the lifeboats that can save it next week I have a simple one that saved me on many many rocky occasions i'll be here next monday morning to remind you of that have a great week see you soon